You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 303. Today, we're going to talk about how to apply the most important spiritual principles to your business and to your life. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 3 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. I'm really excited to get in today. I have a feeling it's going to be a doozy. Normally, I like to chit-chat a little bit here to hang out with you. And I fear that this might be a really long episode. I don't know. Or I'm just going to go really fast. I have no idea. But this is an episode that I've been wanting to create and share with you guys for a while. It's really what so much of the podcast is about. It's the the marriage of spirituality spiritual principles with successful business principles, um, which is what inspired me to create this podcast like four years ago in the first place, like four years ago, that's like crazy pants, which was me, you know, as we jokingly say, coming out of the woo woo closet, sharing what I had been applying in my life personally behind the scenes to experience, yeah, the growth in business, but also the like, you know, uh, peace of mind. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that grow and can grow their business, but are just like miserable and unhappy. And I just continue to fall deeper into love with what I do. And I want you to enjoy your life, enjoy your business and enjoy everything else. And, you know, realize that there's going to be ups and downs, but that doesn't mean you need to go up and down. I mean, you can if you'd like, but it's helped me in so many ways. And so... What I'm going to do today is I'm going to be sharing a lot of concepts and principles that maybe you've heard or and some of them you maybe you haven't heard and how I have specifically applied them in business and how you can begin to specifically apply them. And I know no one here on the show is going to sit there and have those kind of like <laughs> erroneous limiting beliefs of saying that like business isn't spiritual or making money isn't spiritual because you'd definitely be in the wrong place listening it is a silly thing you hear every once in a while. It's silly for a lot of reasons. One of which is because the very idea of spirituality is a man-made word. It's an entire man-made concept. You know, if we really want to go deeper into what we mean by spirituality, is there really something that isn't spiritual? I'm going to let you kind of play with that one for a little bit, right? Is there something that is and really isn't? Especially as you begin to understand some of these concepts, you'll realize that there is, you know, whatever you want to call God creator of the universe doesn't create some things and not other things, right? So it's all inclusive. The all is all inclusive. So, you know, to say something is spiritual and to say something isn't, you know, it's a label that's a man-made label anyways. And it's a decision, a judgment or a belief that's a man-made concept anyway. So, you know, to each their own. And if it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't, right? So let's get into these and share not all, but a lot of, I think, significant spiritual concepts or principles that, again, maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't. And how they begin to apply. The first one I want to begin with is this concept or idea of Dharma, the law of Dharma. Now, the law of Dharma states that we have a purpose, right? And I began to talk about this a bit in our last episode, but I'm really, this is kind of the jumping off point from episode 302. Law of Dharma states as a law that you're not here happenstance, accidentally, that you're here for a purpose and you're here to serve a purpose. And I think a big part of our life is to figure out what that purpose is, you know, and, and everyone figures out their purpose. Well, not everyone, but most those who figure out their purpose spend a good considerable amount of time figuring out what that is right? Our formative years of, you know, backpacking across Europe and discovering who we are, you know, we all spend time doing that. And, you know, what's really crazy to me is how much I can look back in my life and see 
the things, the circumstances, the events that were like breadcrumbs leading me closer and closer that were giving me indicators or clues of what I'm here to do and what I'm not here to do and how to prepare for what I'm here to do. And it's just so serendipitous. Like it's so crazy. And I'm sure you can look back and do that as well. I call that the leapfrog effect and that everything that you're doing now is simply preparing you for the next thing and it will leapfrog you forward. But what a gift for us to come from a context, a spiritual context that you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. Now, what that did for me is two things. First of all, it gives a sense of certainty. And I think that can be important for entrepreneurs because entrepreneurship inherently comes with a massive lack of certainty, right? Like there's no guarantees, folks, right? Uh, You might get a guarantee on an online course you buy, but you're not going to get a guarantee that your business idea is going to be successful. But the law of Dharma states as a law, just like the law of gravity, that it is a guarantee that you are here for a reason, you're here for a purpose, and that when you discover that purpose and dedicate your life to that purpose, you will unlock everything that you want. The abundance, the affluence, all that good stuff. All the stuff that you really truly want, right? So our goal is to figure out what that purpose is, what your purpose is, and to dedicate your lives to it. And most of the people who listen to me, most, their purpose lies within some, what I would call an umbrella of being messengers. And that's either going to, when I say that to you, is either going to immediately resonate with you or it's not. Like a messenger is someone who's a teacher, a mentor, a coach, a guide. There are certain people here who that's their purpose under that category, if you will, right? And for me, so much of who I am and what I'm about year after year after year is yes, I'm a teacher because I love teaching, I love coaching, I love helping, but even moving more specifically, so much of what I am about is to show people what's possible. I have my own quote, you know, Nike's quote is like, just do it, right? Mine, very similar to that is, let's show them what's possible. And that's so much of my purpose is to be a living example of proof of what's possible for others by first leading by example. Hey, let me do something crazy (laughs) and go do it. And then say, look, what's possible. Now you go do it. That's like my MO, right? And you'll just continue to see that over and over again. Like I keep wanting to do things that people would say, that's crazy. Don't do that. That's no, don't, you know, I could never do that. Right. And then do it, mess it up, (laughs) fall my face until I do it. And then say, see, you can do it too. And that's so much about what I'm about. And I'm so clear on that. And that, the beautiful thing is, is that's broad enough that that can take very many forms. Right now, it, it's working with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs. And I love doing that, you know? And we're not going to turn this into an episode about finding your purpose. But I want you to start with that preconceived notion that it's there, right? Do what you love. Follow that. You've heard me say this again and again. Do what you love. Love what you do. But love is that guidance system for you to, to move you closer in the direction of your purpose. And it's not like you need to go be needy and urgent and reactive and go figure it out today. You can trust that you're on the journey of maybe discovering what that is and it will come. But pay attention. Keep an eye out for it. Right. And, you know, this idea of a purpose is that you either decided or someone decided. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far in my journey that that you're going to come into this world and have a function. Here's what you're here to do. This is your job, almost like getting a getting a job for a company. Here's here's your role, here's your responsibility, here's your function, go do it, right? But that you have that in a bigger context. And I love having this conversation with the people who listen because usually they have some pretty big purposes. The people that listen to a show like this, they're up to some pretty big stuff. And even if that starts to feel good when I say that to you, then that already can tell you that that's true. Okay. But usually people that are living their purpose are doing what they love. They're really good at it. They've gotten good at something, right? And what they're good at, most of it came really natural to them. Not necessarily, but that's what I found is like, wow, there's this thing that I'm just really good at. And you start to realize like the thing you're really good at is something that you almost take for granted until you start to notice that other people struggle with it. And when we're in a belief that good things are hard to come by or you have to struggle and work hard to get what you want, then you tend to discredit or 
diminish that which comes easy to you. So what does come easy to you? I'm really curious. What comes easy to you? What's what's already like something that's just you have a knack for, right? And then what is it that you're good at? What is it that you love that also helps humanity? It helps people in some way. Then as business owners applying this to business, our job is to find a way to get paid to do it. You got to get paid to do it. I mean, you don't have to, but when we're applying to business, you do. You know, here's examples just to show you this. I love video. I love making videos. It, it just fulfills my value of creativity so much. Every time we film videos, this my cup of creativity just is filled. And yes, I could separate and isolate that and just have some creative pursuit. But for me, I'm like, wait a second, why can't I do both? And so when I make videos, I first of all, I'm saying, what is it that it's really doing for me? What is it that I really love about videos? And it's the creative storytelling that captures the imagination and the attention of an audience. Then I say, how can I inspire? How can I teach? How can I help through video? And use that to grow a business. And it's through those questions that I'm connecting my purpose, the things I'm good at, the things I enjoy doing, back to business. Because the truth is, is if I'm living my purpose, but I can't get paid to do it, if I can't make money from it, then that means I have to go get a job. And if I have to get a, get a job, then that means a portion of my life is no longer dedicated to my purpose. It's dedicated to someone else's. And so that's why these nonsensical, you know, businesses and spiritual stuff is just hogwash. Because the fact of the matter is, is that yes, we are spiritual beings. We still live in a 3D mechanical world and that 3D mechanical world, whether it's real or just a simulation or not, still requires tools such as money. In other words, if you want to have a laptop so that you can, or a, an iPhone so that you can get your message out there or help people or fulfill your dharma, that costs money. <laughs> and you're either going to make that money from your purpose or fulfilling somebody else's in a job, right? And I believe that when you're in alignment with your own purpose, instead of somebody else's, you're going to be unlocking more money, more abundance, and you'll have more time to fulfill your dharma. So it's part of your dharma to figure out how you get paid to live your purpose. That's part of your purpose. Otherwise, you have to sacrifice a portion of your life where you're not in alignment with your purpose. That's how important this is, and that's what's at stake. And when people get burnt out, when people break down, when people become, you know, unfulfilled or depressed or apathetic, chances are it's because they're so off course and out of alignment with their purpose. And it's time to look at that. And so people say, James, but I know like this business is my, is my purpose, but I'm like burnt out in it. Yeah. Most likely because you're focusing your time and effort and energy on things in the business that no longer light you up things that should, it's now time to give that off to somebody else. I've been there. I've experienced that. We're like, wow, this no longer brings me joy. It's time to get someone else to do this for me, or it's time to get this off my plate in some way, delete it, automate it, delegate it, or as I like to say, dad it. So that's the law of Dharma. I think this is one of the most important things I'm going to be sharing with you here today, but we're going to get into more specifics. But if you don't agree and can't try on for at least a little bit, this idea that you're here for a reason and your life is about figuring out what that reason is and then, and then dedicating your life to it. I wouldn't bother continuing with the episode just because we're going to go deeper with that. So hopefully you're with me and hopefully we can continue. Let's talk about the next one, which is about spiritual involvement. I also believe that we're here to evolve spiritually, that we, you know, have a contract or an agreement come here to grow in some way. I also believe that entrepreneurship, and I talked about this a lot in episode 302, so this will be a good accompaniment, the previous episode, that entrepreneurship is like AP classes. It's advanced classes. So how fast do you want to evolve? How fast do you want to grow? 
right? What better way to grow, to evolve, than to be given scenarios, circumstances, and situations, i.e. problems, that force you to think differently and to behave differently. Just like I talked about in the last episode, pain and problems are a blessing because they force you to pay attention. When you pay attention, you have the opportunity to learn. When you learn, you begin to evolve. Beautiful. And I believe the rest of what I'm going to share can help you to evolve spiritually. And I believe when you evolve spiritually, your life will unfold in exciting, miraculous ways. Okay. A lot of the principles I'm going to share next come from the Kabbalion. Uh, The Kabbalion shares seven hermetic principles that are, you know, said to be like the most powerful spiritual principles that really explain like the nature of the universe. And I'd highly recommend that you go through that book and read it, read it slowly, read it carefully. I've read it a few times. We're not going to go through all seven principles here on this episode. I just pulled out a few that I thought would be really especially relevant in how I've applied them or used them in, in business. The first are the first two principles, which is the principle of mentalism. That's the first principle, which is this uh, principle that all is mind. All is mind and all is energy. All comes from mental. It comes from thought. You know, every you've heard things like everything is created twice, once in our mind and then again in the 3D. The second principle that we're going to talk about is the principle of correspondence. Principle of correspondence to me has probably had the most profound impact on my life. And if you really began to apply this, I would assume it would have the same beneficial impact on your life as well. The principle of correspondence, the phrase that I use when I first went through my spiritual training and working with a, a healer and Reiki master, which I heard over and over and over again, and I would just chew on it every single day was as above, so below. As within, so without. One more time. As above, so below. As above, so below is this idea that everything from the micro to the macro level is the same. If you go read uh, Holographic Universe, it speaks to this as well. This can just take so many forms, like the, the natural patterns that you'll see across nature. You know, that the earth itself has the same type of energetic form as like the human body you know its magnetic field is like a human's magnetic field it's a really well it'll be a really fun concept and principle for you to to dive deeper on your own it's also this idea that even like the tiniest thing that you do your actions your decisions in one area in one context of your life are applicable to every area in your life You know, maybe you've heard someone like myself say things in the past, like how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? And then the second part of this principle of correspondence, which really stuck with me is as within, so without. As within, as within your heart and your mind, so without. This really leads way to the idea that the outer world that you experience as 3D reality is simply a reflection of your inner world. In other words, it's your inner world. That's where these first two principles really come together for me is that your inner world is what creates the world around you, that you create your own reality, your thoughts and your emotions as an electromagnetic being create your world, your experience. We can go so deep into this, even the idea that your beliefs and your perspectives shape a subjective reality, that there is no such thing as objective reality. There is only subjective reality and our observation of the version of reality that we are choosing to create moment by moment. Is your mind starting to warp yet? (laughs) Okay. And so then there's this idea of, are you living your life, which most people are obviously not living your life from the inside out where you are consciously at cause to choosing your perspective, your beliefs, your emotional state, how you choose to think and feel moment by moment to create a better version of tomorrow? Or are we living at effect, living from the outside in? In other words, everything around us determines how we think and how we feel. We're like a bag in the wind. 
add effect to whatever's happening. Something drama happens or someone said this or someone does this and we just, I'm offended. I'm upset. I mean, he made me mad. She made me this. And we're just a fact to the world. It's like, uh, I love this analogy of like, we just have all these buttons all over us and like people can just touch any buttons and, and control us. It's really like you're a puppet and anybody who knows your strings, knows your buttons, gets to control you. And sadly, that's how most people are living their life. I know I was for a very long time and to a degree, I still do. It's not like being this transcendent, enlightened being, that's a, that's a good goal to, to move towards, but it's about developing the awareness and understanding. Okay. The more we are being at cause for creating the future you want, the more you get it versus what most people are doing is reacting to the present. What they see as the present, which is uh, obviously what they've just created from the past, creating from the inside out. All that does is perpetuate the present. Okay. So these first two principles of principle of mentalism and the principle of correspondence is what really leads us to what's so important is that what you focus on, what you're focusing on right now is what you're creating. And I always like to ask this question, just kind of like pattern interrupt people and say, what are you creating right now? Where's your attention? What are you focusing on? Because that's what you're creating. Even if you're listening right now, you could be sitting here saying, I'm actually really excited about this because I could just create something new right now. Yes, you can. Exactly. That's so awesome. Right? So you create your own reality. So where does this all apply to business? Well, here's the thing. As entrepreneurs, we are like one of the truest forms of creators. Like we're artists painting from a blank canvas of possibility. We must be willing to see things that others can't see. That's what entrepreneurs do. I hope you get that because a lot of people I, I feel like don't. To be an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to be someone that sees things that others don't. Whereas most people, and that's truly living from the inside out, that's truly creating first from the power of your mind, the first principle, principle of mentalism, that you are creating something first in your mind that's never been created or seen. And if you look at every successful entrepreneur, that's what they did. Everyone else said, no way, that doesn't work, that won't work, that's stupid. The very fact that people don't believe in you should be the reason why you go out and do it. Because that's what we're here to do, is create in the mind what hasn't already been created. Otherwise, you're just creating what's already been created, big whoop. That's what successful entrepreneurs do. So this starts with vision. This starts with intention. Even when it comes to goal setting, people get so funkity-dunkity-wunkity with goal setting. I don't set goals anymore. Why? Because it just makes me feel awful. Goals don't do that. You are doing that to yourself. Intention is everything. Intention is, is where are you putting your intention? You always have to put your attention somewhere. So where are you putting it? And so a goal is like, we can look at it as like an intention. Where are we focused? And when people are saying like, oh, just, I don't do goals anymore because it makes me feel funky wonky. What's happening is you're either focusing on what you want and you're getting really excited about it because you're believing in it. You know, it's possible and you're excited about it. You have more faith and commitment and believability and it's drawing you towards it, which is good because you're creating it in your mind first, or you're doing the opposite. You're creating what will happen if you don't get it. When you're feeling funky wonky with your goals, it's because in your mind, you are literally creating what will happen if you don't hit your goal. You are seeing yourself fail. You are seeing yourself coming short. You're seeing your, what people will say, think, do when you don't hit the goal. That's what you're creating. And that's what you're projecting. And if there's anything, and we're, you're going to hear this with over and over again, especially in this episode, if there's anything that's helped me more than any of this with having a spiritual understanding applied to business, it's paying so darn close attention to the way you feel. Because that emotional state, when you think about the goal and it makes you feel heavy or scared or, or like just unmotivated, it's not the goal that's doing it. It's where your attention is that is not what's serving you. And if you got that, I mean, you can just end this episode now and just go crush it. 
that feeling is there because where your attention is, is not for your highest good. It's not serving you. In other words, you say, I want to go, I'm going to do a million dollars next year. And all you do is you focus on the million dollars and all of a sudden it starts getting heavy and you start getting nervous. You start getting scared. You're not focusing on the million dollars. You're focusing on not getting the million dollars. What will happen if you don't? What it's going to take that you don't want to give. You're focusing on all the things you don't want. That's why it feels that way. And that's what you're creating because we create our lives from the inside out. The principle of mentalism. Everything is created, all is mind, all is energy. Everything gets created in your mind first. What are you focusing on? And if it's not feeling good, you're focusing on the opposite. This is also why having a vision is so important. This is one of the most important things I talk about time and time again. Most people say, yeah, you know, vision's for like a big company. I don't, um, I don't need that just yet. We always have a vision. It's just how crystal clear is it? And then how effectively can we communicate it? And I'll tell you, when you get great at communicating that vision so that you can get others on board with that vision, you're unstoppable. Because now you've got other people who can see it just as well as you can. You're not just creating it first in your mind. You're getting others to do that as well. That's powerful. This is also where, you know other important principles start to come into place. Like just the idea of gratitude. Gratitude is an emotional state, right? You've felt the feeling of feeling so grateful. And so many times on these episodes, I've talked about the importance of gratitude. What are you focusing on when you're in a state of gratitude? It's an emotional state that is the byproduct of focusing on the stuff in your life that you have, that you're appreciative of. You're, you're grateful for your family, your relationships, what you've accomplished, your health, your, your energy, right? Anything that just brings that gratitude. You're focusing and creating in your mind appreciation, love, and gratitude. That for what you have, that for what you've already received, which just does what? Allows you to receive more. Whereas what most people are doing is focusing on what they want and only on what they want, which you have to be very careful about because if you focus too much just on what you want and it turns into this unhealthy need, then you're not focusing on what you want anymore. You're focusing on the fact that you don't have it. And what do you create when all you do is focus on something you don't have? What do you create when all you're doing is saying, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this? You just perpetuate the not having of it. So focusing on gratitude, experiencing gratitude allows you to receive more because you're focusing on your attention on look at how much I have, look at how, look at how much I've already received. It allows you to receive more. And when you focus on goals, when you focus on the future, it needs to be from a place of excitement of joy and love. Anything else, you want to check, where is my attention right now? Easier said than done. But that's what I do. We're doing a ton of this in the office with our clients. Speaking to the vision, speaking to the goals. My gosh, my entire team has vision boards in their offices. They each have 12-month goals. They have 90-day goals. And they make sure they're detached from it. They don't have some mean, jerky boss that's going to... uh, you know, punish them because they dreamed big and came up quote unquote short, right? Because they know it's safe to play big. They know it's safe to dream big. Okay. So those are two important ones. Let's move on to the third principle of the Kabbalion, which is the principle of vibration. And this also brings in what I want to talk about around the law of attraction, which you've heard obviously many times. You've heard me talk about it here. Principle of vibration is that everything is energy. Nothing is at rest. Nothing is constant. It all moves. It all vibrates. And this is all science, right? Everything moves, even the chair you might be sitting in or your headphones. But what's so great about this is that if everything's energy, everything has a frequency, right? But we as human beings have the ability to change our frequency, This is where the first two principles that I just shared just come right into play here. And that by changing your mental state, what you focus on, you change your frequency. And you can tell what your frequency is by the way you feel. 
right? It is said that, uh, you know, lower feeling emotions or more negative, like depressed or sad or unhappy is a lower frequency. Whereas like gratitude and joy and just like ecstasy are, feels definitely very different, is a higher frequency, okay? So we have the ability to change our frequency. And you know that because you will feel different things throughout the day, right? You've felt, we all have experiences of feeling really happy. We have experiences of uh, feeling laughter and playfulness. These are different emotional states. That's your frequency changing. What would happen right now if you turned on the news to a really devastating, horrific, bad news, right? You're focusing on that. Most people would start to feel sadness or empathy or concern. It's changing our frequency. I hope you're also getting how important it is to notice, manage your frequency, your internal state, your emotions. And when we bring law of attraction into this, law of attraction simply states that like frequencies attract like frequencies. There's so much we can bring into this. I mean, I'm so many episodes we already have talking about the energy of money, right? And attracting money. But I want to go somewhere else with this, which I think is so important. I don't know how much I've mentioned this on the podcast. This is a big one for me. And I want this to be a really big one for you. So if you've heard the quote by Gandhi, it says, be the change you'd like to see in the world. I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. Be the change. Applying the principle of vibration and law of attraction and the other principles that we've we've brought into this episode, I started operating from an idea that was very similar to that that applies to business, which is to be the customer that you'd like to attract into your business. Be the person you'd like to attract in your life. Wow. I think this is so simple and so powerful. Be the team member. Be the ideal person of the team you'd like to attract. And I cannot stress how important this is. And I don't think people are thinking about this. I'm going to sound super like braggadocious for a moment. I am just going to brag. But I attract some of the most extraordinary, unbelievable people into our programs. Like I look at our masterminds and I am so like honored and blessed to have a small, small role in supporting these unbelievable human beings. They're unbelievable. And one of the things that's happening behind the scenes is I do everything every day to the best of my ability to be the absolute best version of myself for them and for the world. I am doing what I can to embody, to emulate, to stand for, to be the type of person that I want to work with. Otherwise, I think we're just being a bunch of freaking hypocrites, right? So this can be tough, right? Because what we're starting to bring in with these principles is this idea that life is a mirror. It's reflecting back to you what you're already creating internally. So if you have a lot of customers, clients that you don't like dealing with, like pain in the butt, like they're heavy, right? People always use that word heavy. What is it about them that's causing you to say that? Is it certain behaviors? Is it their energy? Is it their emotions? What is it about them that's having you say, oh, these are not my ideal clients and customers? Can you think of something specific right now? And maybe you say like, yeah, they complain a lot or they don't do the work or they're not being coachable, right? And whatever it is that you came up with, hopefully you'll come up with just one. Here's a tough question to try on, but again, you're just doing this by yourself, so no one's going to judge you. But here's a very hard question that it would take someone being really honest and introspective. Where in your life are you also doing that? Where in your life are you showing up that way? And I hear people like complain all the time that their ideal customers are tire kickers. They ask a million questions. They wait to the last minute before buying, you know, and they complain about that. They're like, why can't I get any, like everyone buys on the last day and there always has a million questions. They all take the payment plan. And so that's a great example. Do you do that? Do you wait to the last minute? Are you asking a million questions? See, it's completely hypocritical to expect your people to show up, 
to act and behave in ways that you're unwilling to do yourself. Unfortunately, this is one of the biggest things I see plaguing so many people in our industry. For example, they they want to... <laughs> this, this just seems too like, come on, how come we can't figure this out? Um, now, I know this isn't you guys listening, of course. So this is other people. But they're like trying to make money selling courses and coaching and education, yet they refuse to invest in themselves. Oh no, I don't buy courses. But how come no one's buying mine? These are some tough questions we want to ask ourselves, but why would someone do, and we're talking from a spiritual place of energy, if life is a mirror here, what you're unwilling to do yourself. And I cannot express enough how much people and higher caliber people are going to be drawn to you when you begin to step into the best version of yourself. When you are representing a leader, when you're taking responsibility, when you're being in integrity, you're being your word, when you're being emotionally intelligent, when you're demonstrating vulnerability with courage, when you're taking risks, The thing is, is you see a lot of people that don't do those things, that aren't embodying idealistic, desirable qualities and characteristics, and then wonder why no one follows them or pays attention. We are drawn to people naturally that have the things, that do the things, that embody the things, that exude an energy that we admire, that we wish we had more qualities of. But if you're unwilling to demonstrate those qualities, don't be surprised when no one is drawn to that. Most people are not drawn to people that play whiny, blamey victims. I know this makes sense, but it's really hard for people to take that good hard look. And I've had to do that, and I know you can do that. But the people that you want to attract, you know, people that are have those qualities, those ideal customers, do they want to follow and learn from and be coached by someone who doesn't have those qualities? Of course not. So this is just simply one way that I apply this principle. And to the best of my ability, again, I f*** up every day. (laughs) But the intention is there. The moving in that direction. Please do not take what I'm saying as like, I am some perfect person that only, you know, attracts perfect people. No. But I understand this and I try every day to the best of my ability to to show up and exemplify the best version of me possible, to do things that scare me, to, you know, find the courage, you know, and do make the difficult decisions and things that most people in life just aren't willing to do in an effort to be the person, to be the light and be the magnet for others that are seeking that guidance and seeking to be that best version of themselves. And what a powerful new way to look at your life and how you can show up for your people. Or not. Up to you, right? <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about karma. Oh, well, I love karma. I, I, like, I'm just going to say right now, I absolutely 100% and unequivocally believe in the law of karma, without a doubt. It's also technically one of the uh, principles of the Kabbalion. The sixth principle, hermetic principle, is all about cause and effect, that there is no coincidence and accident in the universe, that all actions have a consequence. This is also about being the cause of your life. That's where, if you've heard that before, that's where this comes from. You can either choose to be a cause, you can be an effect, right? But there's so much we could talk about here. But just the idea that your actions do have consequences. Let's talk about a few things that how this concept can apply to you in business specifically. First of all, do good. Just do good. Because... I believe good comes back in an exponential way, 10x. This is where in my community, I talk so much about giving back. It's it's a really challenging paradox because, you know, give back, contribute, but that needs to come from the heart, not the head. It needs to come from the heart, the desire to do so, knowing that it always comes back, but don't do it with the intention of this better come back, right? That's kind of the paradox of it. Uh, In fact, I've talked to... um, client of ours recently and they said the most beautiful thing they said our business really started taking off when we 
led with contribution and, and charitable acts. They said, we had little to anything, but we said, screw it. We're going to start giving back. And they started giving back to their church and the church's local organizations. And that's when they saw their business take off. And I was like, that's so beautiful. And I, I only regret that I didn't start doing it sooner in my life when, you know, cause I kept telling that story. Well, I don't have enough yet. And I'm, once I'm making more anyways, so always do good. And that doesn't mean just donating time and money to charities. Also, if, if you're looking, I see a lot of people and I've been there. We've all been there, right? Doing things for the quick buck. If you're letting quick wins and greed overshadow the bigger picture and the bigger vision, that's going to come back and it's going to bite you in the butt. You'll lose in the long run. Okay. Things that can work. You'll know what I mean. You're doing something. You're like, oh, this can work. This will make money. But there's a consequence to it. That's where karma is going to really come in play. Okay. So today we don't do that. Like we just, our eye is always on the vision and the bigger picture. So if you're just always making short run, quick win decisions, you're sacrificing something bigger. There is a cause and effect to that. Okay. Also, here's another thing too, is this also means, and this really helped me, don't take the law into your own hands because karma handles it all. So sometimes people like, here's the other thing. Here's like the thing that's like, as us is like authorities and personal brands. I get it. A lot of people think that like, we're just like a scam artist because they're selling something. I think someone wrote something on my Facebook page that like, you're a scam artist. Well, what caused you to say that? Because you're, you're trying to make money. Well, making money doesn't make somebody a scam artist. Lying and manipulating does, but making money doesn't, you know, do you, you know, call somebody who shines your shoes a scam artist because they asked to get paid to do it, right? So there's going to always be those that think what you're doing is a scam or you're here to rip them off and they have a lot of risk. And the funny cosmic joke of it all is how many people will, if you're, and you'll know what I'm talking about, is how many people will actually rip you off as a personal brand. People that will steal your stuff, people that will sell your products on on like scam websites for $10, people that will buy your stuff and hand the, their login password to 20 people, people who will plagiarize your stuff. Like the irony of it all is that the personal brand, people that think like, oh, there's this guy who's just, or gal who's just trying to scam people, get scammed the most. <laughs> so many people will do that. I cannot tell you how many people have taken our stuff and trying to give it away, sell it for free, you know, or sell, not sell it for free, sell it for like 20 bucks, 40 bucks. Here's what I'm going to say to this. Some of you have noticed this and you've had this experience. If not, you will. I believe in the law of karma. If you're trying to play judge, jury, and executioner and take it into your own hands, you're wasting so much of your personal power, so much of your energy, but it's the principle of things. I always laugh at that today because I used to be that person, but it's the principle. I got to teach someone a lesson, right? And the fact is, is that where I'm operating from is that karma takes care of everything. Hey, they got some lessons to learn. They're going to have consequences for their actions. Who am I to take the law into my own hands? Yes, we're still responsible. And if we found somebody putting our program up, selling it for $49, yeah, we have like a DMC takedown notice and, and whatnot. But and mentally and emotionally, it doesn't bleed any of my energy. I don't sit there and say, oh my gosh, I'm losing all this money. No, I just say, all right, here, I have someone on the team just does it. They're like, send the letter, they take it down, move on. But if you're spending your life force trying to chase people down, trying to be justified, what a waste. What a waste. Now you're trying to harm people. Where I'm operating from is that the universe course corrects itself. It's not your job to do that. Here's another thing. I believe in refund karma. I don't know if you've heard this before. I didn't hear from me. I just kind of created this. But I believe in refund karma. This kind of goes with the previous principle about like being the customer you want to see in your business. I actually won't refund anything because <laughs> I believe it's refund karma. Yeah. True story. We actually have incredibly low refund rates, even food at a restaurant. If I didn't enjoy it, I just order again. I will not make a, a scene. I won't complain. I don't, I'm not a pain in the butt customer or client. So I don't refund. 
And some people think that's crazy when I talk about that. I won't. Hey, you know, if someone was like, I'm kind of trying to think of an extreme example, like maybe someone completely like manipulated and lied through their teeth and this is not at all what they said it was, maybe I would. But even then I go, eh, it's a lesson for me. I should have known better. And I move on. And I let karma handle them. I know that's going to sound so crazy to some people, but I believe in refund karma. And I know people that are selling their own digital products and then they're not selling enough digital products and then they need more money. So what do they do? They go refund the last five courses they bought. Karma's a bitch. So look out. <laughs> if that's you, look out. But yeah, even if a, if a meal was was not to my expectations, which by the way, I'm like the least pickiest eater in the world. I would never ever, whatever the opposite of a foodie is, is what I would call myself. I don't know what that word is, but that's me, the opposite of a foodie, right? And uh, if it wasn't to my liking, I would just say, hey, can I actually uh, order this instead, right? So I firmly believe in karma and I absolutely operate from karma. And you can look deeper into that, into the six hermetic principle, the principle of cause and effect. Let's go through a few more. All right. Uh, the fourth principle of uh, the Kabbalion is the principle of polarity. I've talked about this a little bit, so we won't spend too much time here. But the principle of polarity is that everything has a dual nature. For the, every up, there's a down, right? You can experience up without down, north and south, east and west, left and right, hot and cold. Everything is crazy. Male and female, masculine and feminine. So everything is two sides to the same coin. Where does this apply to business? Every problem, every problem. You could, I could sit here and give you an exercise. Write down every problem you're experiencing in your life. For every problem, there means there simultaneously exists a solution. It is law. Think about that for a moment. Every problem you're in already means there has, it's a fact, it's law. There is a solution. It's just your job to find it. So you're either putting your mental energy, you know, first principle, on the problem, which just, perpetuates the problem and exacerbates and increases the problem or you start looking for the solution that's your choice the other way i approach this in the principle of polarity is the polarity of your audience your job isn't to get everyone to like you because what happens is is that there is going to be a natural polarity that happens where there'll be people that don't like you and to the degree that there are people that don't like you, like, I don't agree. Oh, my goodness. Brah! Right? People in their 3D stuff. I'm offended. The principle of polarity will state that to the degree that people that don't like you is the degree that there will be people that do love you. Not that we're doing this to be loved by others, but you know what I mean. That they'll be a fan. That they'll be supportive. They'll be on the same side. It's the, it's the marketing principle of us versus them. So we can sit there and say, oh, no, not so somebody doesn't like me. Are you really in business to get people to like you? You're <laughs> for the wrong reasons. Because that's one of the reasons I was for a long time. I needed to be liked. It was so important for me to be liked. And because of that, there was very little polarity. It was just kind of this middle ground of wishy-washy vanilla. And my business suffered. When I understood the principle of polarity to a deeper level, it's what being polarizing means principle of polarity. Let's talk about the seventh hermetic principle, the principle of gender. This is the yin and yang, the masculine and feminine of the universe and of us. Now we all have masculine and feminine principles within us or uh, energies, right? But we tend to be more than one or the other. If we look into the Myers-Briggs personality types, episode 20, you're either, uh, your third letter is either an F or a T. You're either the feeler or the thinker. You're either more right brain feeler emotional, feminine, and emotional, you know, can mean many different things, but you're more in tune with your emotions. You're more aware of your emotions. You lead more with your emotions, more compassionate, more empathetic. Thinker, masculine, left brain, linear, logical, objective versus subjective, right? But the truth is, is we're both. We have both qualities, but we do tend to be most of us, generalization, most of us tend to be more of one of the other, right? So which one are you more of? And the principle of gender, and I'm of the same ilk as well, is that we need to be a healthy balance of both. And I think that is so, so important. And, you know, this is something I've talked about in the past. I, I think I've made a concerted effort over the years as I dipped my toe into the spiritual pools 
of realizing how masculine I was in my thinking and my ways of beings. So logical, so linear, so black and white. And when I opened up to invite more of the feminine into my life, so much magical, amazing awesomeness unfolded. And the truth is we do need both. And one of the things I struggle with personally is that I just wish more men would be open to this podcast. And um, I love how many people we've been able to attract with this message, but it's predominantly women. And, you know, because I was the dude that was very masculine in my way of life, and this podcast was speaking more to me unfolding to the feminine side, I can get a sense and it's an assumption and a mind read that there's a lot of guys that are like, nope, it's not for me because they're looking for more of the masculine. And it is a great example of like what they want is one thing, but what they need is a completely different. You know, there are so many extraordinary gentlemen that have been attracted to this community that I just have to shout out and acknowledge because I've seen them have such a beautiful balance of both sides. And what they've been able to create and accomplish in their life, their marriages with their spouses and in their businesses and being leaders by having both. That makes me super happy, but I would love more, more dudes because this is not about one or the other. This is so much is about a marriage of the both, the left brain and the right brain. It, even if you're the most masculine of dudes on the planet, we still have a feminine side to us, you know? in the most simplistic sense, because we could turn this into an entire episode itself, right? Is the feminine is, is the creative and the attractive side. So the attractive side is like the receiving part. Like even the concept and idea of law of attraction is, is more of a feminine conversation because it's about, it's less about action. It's about receiving. And most men are all about do the work, take the action. And that the masculine is that linear action oriented and show me the proof, right? It's not about one or the other. It's about both. Oh my gosh, it's about both. It's about opening up to receiving and attracting a better plan of action, about a better idea, about the next inspired action. And it's not just about sitting there daydreaming and saying, well, I created it in my mind, so I don't need to create it out in the world. Then you don't get to enjoy fully the experience of it. And action is so great. You should love action. You should love working. You should love doing work because you should be doing the work that you love. Not just sitting around eating Cheetos, closing your eyes and imagining you're driving red Ferraris. It's the marriage of both. It's the whole brain approach. It's about noticing what's your dominant one and seeing if you can bring in more of the opposite. It's about following your intuition which can be the feminine side, right? A higher, a message from a higher version of yourself receiving. What people love to say, I just got a download, right? But then so many times our intuition can be nonsensical. Like that doesn't make sense. That's not logical. But can you draw it back to make sense? Look, I come up with, we were just talking recently, Jilly and I, about how many great decisions that we made this year. And we're looking back and there's how many wins. I mean, took the business to a whole new height and just crushed it. And we were so proud of ourselves. You know, you're allowed to be proud of ourselves. Okay. And we're like, we made so many great decisions this year. And we both agreed that so many of those decisions were based on intuition. And a lot of those ideas, that intuition, people would say is just crazy. But what we were able to do is take those ideas and as crazy as they were, draw them back to, well, how does this affect the bottom line? How does this help grow the business? How does this generate revenue? And we can do that. You're going to need to be able to do that too. It's like refined, sophisticated, matured intuition. Okay. So, oh, I want to do this, this project. I want to do this event. Or I want to do this workshop. So great. That's a great idea. It's kind of crazy, but how will it make us money? How will it generate revenue? How will it build a business? How will it do this? And we take that intuitive seed of an idea and we see how we can bring it into the 3D. It's blending of the masculine and feminine. If you're just this unrestrained intuition of just, I have ideas and all these ideas and I just want to do all these ideas and I don't care about any of it. See how long you can keep that up for. See how long you can just 
have ideas and just go with the flow without sitting there and say, hold on, where does this come back to like profit, revenue, business growth? Okay. But I don't want to do that. Then don't be in business. Sorry. That's part of what you signed up with, with business. And that's the thing is like a lot, a lot of people want to say, well, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that. Then you don't want to be in business. But it's like saying you want to go play tennis, but you don't want to use the net. Well, I don't want to hit the ball over the net. I want to hit it outside behind me. Okay, but that's not the game of tennis. And the game of business will have certain rules. They will have certain rules. In other words, business will require you to sell something. You can't have a business that doesn't sell something. Trust me on that one. You can't have a business that doesn't make money. I mean, you can, but you're not going to be in business for very long. You can't have a business that doesn't make a profit. Not for very long, right? Even, by the way, so anyway, so it's a blending of the masculine and the feminine. But even if you just look at this podcast in general, look at the theme of this episode. It's a blending of the yin and the yang, the masculine and the feminine. Spiritual principles with business. Yes, business itself is a very masculine game, right? How beautiful is it when we get both? It's not replacing one or the other. It's integrating both. That's what I'm always looking to do. And I hope that's what you're looking to do. One isn't better than the other. It's what is better than the other is both. Beautiful marriage of the two. Okay. All right. Last thing I want to talk about is this concept that you may have heard. You may have heard me talk about or other people talk about of your higher self. What is your higher self? That's the real you. Or it's like the you from a different vantage point, like a higher level of consciousness. It's almost you from like a 30,000 or a 60,000 foot view. One of these weird concepts that I believe in the way I look at things is that in your physical body, like you've heard the idea, like your spiritual being having a human experience, the spiritualness is infinite. It has no boundaries. It has no borders. It has no limits. But in order to experience this awesome 3D simulation game that we have, we need to have some form of limitation. There is a line, you can just touch yourself anywhere, and you can see there's a line where you begin and where you end, right? That's the physical body, the limitation. So your higher self is you without limit, without form. But you have to be put into form. And in some way, therefore, the infinite you the higher self of you is constricted. What I use as a metaphor here to help me understand this is, you know, growing up, I restored like motorcycles and anything with an engine on it, basically. And there was a concept called a governor. It's not like a governor, like a state, you know, governor. I'm the governor. That was my Arnold impression. <laughs> I got an impression. in. The governor was this thing that you put on the throttle on the carburetor, actually, that would limit how far open you open the carburetor. In other words, it wouldn't let you go full open, wide open. In other words, if you like put your, your foot on the gas pedal in your car, it would be like something stopping the gas pedal from going all the way to the bottom. And it's like restraining full open. I believe like we or our brain acts as a governor in a sense to who we really are. We get a limit, limited perspective of the perspective of who we really are. And I'm getting kind of weird and, you know, conceptual here, but that's what we do. And something that really helped me understand that was the book Proof of Heaven. Have you read that book? So good. It, the author was Evan Alexander. He was a neurosurgeon who something happened and he went into a coma. I forgot what, what happened exactly, but he went into a coma, I think for like seven to 10 days. He ironically had people talking about near-death experiences in his experience as a doctor, as a neurosurgeon. And he just wrote it off as like, oh, it's just chemicals firing in the brain and it's not real. It's just like an illusion. And then he has this, and he shares it in the book. It's such a great book of this unbelievable near-death experience that he experienced. And a big piece of what he said, which is very common in like NDEs and stuff, is this this downloading of awareness and information of just understanding of so much more like for a lot of people, it's like instant, this knowledge, this just profound knowledge of, it's almost like a remembrance too, that comes to them and how much trouble they have 
bringing it back with them. Like they almost can't put it into words. They can't fully explain it. And I just like, wow, I wonder like how much we are limited in ways with who we really are. But that higher self is who we really are. It is you without form, without boundaries, and without limitations. And if that is who you really are, well then therefore that does mean that all limitations that you perceive are illusions. And that your higher self doesn't see you with boundaries or limitations. And so this final idea or concept is that I believe the more you connect with who you really are, your higher self, the more you're in communion and communicate with your higher self, the more you transcend these illusions of limitation. The more you step into what your dharma is and your purpose is, the more you can create, do, explore, the more you find out what your true potential really is, which I believe is limitless. And I believe your higher self believes that. And the way you connect with your higher self is through your emotions. Your higher self will always hold the perspective of higher self, of who you truly are. And the more you're in alignment with that same perspective, the better you'll feel. That's how you know how aligned you are with this bigger, deeper part of who you are is how you feel. That your higher self has its own set of beliefs based on its perspective. And if you want to know what it believes, you notice the way you feel. In other words, anytime you feel bad, it simply means you're choosing to hold a perspective, a thought, or a belief that your higher self does not hold to be true. When you feel bad, you say, what is this belief that I'm believing that my higher self does not believe in? And if that's not true, then what is true? And we're constantly looking to move more to what is true for us, which brings you more in alignment with your higher self. So how does this apply to business? How does this apply to everything in our life? Anything I'm looking at doing, if it scares me, if it's outside my comfort zone, if I feel negative emotion, I'm moving back to connect with my higher self. This is where guidance comes from. This is where listening to your intuition can come from. And I'm paying more attention, more and more to that as much as I can than the everyday 3D ego part of us, part of you, that wants to keep you safe, wants to keep you in your little comfort zone, doesn't want you rocking the boat, the part of you that needs people to like you, part of you that needs to be approved and part of the tribe. And that really becomes the choice day by day, is to take the actions and make the decisions from the ego and from the 3D version of ourselves or take the actions and make the decisions from the higher self. And you'll know you're in alignment with the higher self simply by the way you feel. So this was a bit of a longer episode. And the intention here was to share some principal concepts, principal, principal, spiritual principles and concepts. There we go. That's what happens after an hour of talking. And things that I've learned over the years and how I'm applying them to business. And the most important thing I can say to wrap this up is it's one thing to learn a principle. It's another thing to master it. And I'm not saying I have, but I move in that direction. How do I apply this to my life? How do I apply this to my business? And this is really the big thing that I really want to help people with as much as possible is moving concepts to application. We have entered an age that we can all agree on where we are over friggin' whelmed, overwhelmed with so much knowledge, so much content, so much information. But I think we are starved for application. I think with all the information out there, still so many of us, and I'm including myself, have so much room to fill ourselves with the application of even one one hundredth of this. And that's what I've found has made the biggest difference for me is that when I continue to apply this to my life, that's what practice is, is the application. And mastery is having mastered the practice. And I don't know that I ever will, but I'm going to move towards that. I'm going to make that my intention. And life will continue every day, including today, to bring you circumstances, events, and situations that will be an invitation for you to try and apply some of this to try and apply what you have learned to see if you really have learned it. 
And every one of these problems, situations, and circumstances presents you with a choice. It's a choice to do business as usual, life per usual, the old way, the way we've always done things. And if it's a perpetual, like, reoccurring problem, same theme, you know, same different day, then chances are we haven't applied the new way. A new way. I don't know what the new way is. I don't know what the right way is. But it's an opportunity to try and apply some of this. And I hope you will. It's what's made the difference for me. It's continuing to make the difference for me and I'm going to continue to practice this and that's why I'm sharing this because it's helped me. Everything I'm sharing here and everything I've shared on 302 other episodes is because of the personal experience that I've had applying information and knowledge and the difference it's made in my quality of life and in the invitation for it to help you as well. So I hope this episode was of value to you. I hope this is something you heard that was new. But more importantly, even if you're like, I've heard all this before, James, then you can take this and say, how could I begin to apply this at a deeper level? The biggest mistake would be to sit there and say, I know it all and I've mastered it all because there's a big lesson to learn just in that belief as well. Thanks so much for listening. You're amazing. You made it all the way to the end and I appreciate that. Okay, I'll shut up now. You have a fantastic week. Talk to you soon. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate, and we can get started right now.